Welcome to the Blind Justice Podcast, where you discover the insider secrets of injury and accident cases, and all of your law questions get answered. Now, here's your host, Chicago injury lawyer, Scott DeSalvo. Hey guys, back with another podcast with my amazing co-host, Amelia Finnefrock. And here we are again with another podcast. Um, Today's topic is going to be fall-down cases, and the reason I choose a lot of these podcast topics are just based on whatever's happening in the office. So I've been getting a lot of people calling about fall down cases, even though this winter hasn't been that wet or that cold, we still get a lot of falls because sometimes I think the less ice and snow there is, the more it surprises people when there is ice or snow. Does that make sense? That makes sense. They're they're like, oh, global warming's happening. I'll be okay walking down the street. And then boom, they're like, Scott. I need your help. I yeah, I, I would love to help as many people as possible. <laughs> but they're kind of tough cases, so I like to talk to folks about fall-down cases and all that, you know, whether you might have a case or not, because they're a lot more complicated than, like, car crash cases. But before we get into the main topic, what have you been up to this week? What have I been up to this week? Oh, um, well, first of all, when you introed with that, I really wanted to say, ah, I'll get back down. Then I, I'll get, I fall back down. <laughs> oh, words. Uh, I'm still working on my coffee, folks. Um, what have I been up to this week? Um, yeah, I got in a car accident recently, but everything's okay. There's like no legal jargon to talk about. So Darn. I can't sue anybody. No legal Unf- jargon. Unfortunately, I really wanted to talk more about that. Um, wow. Quiet uh, week. I watched Die Hard 2. Awesome. Which was great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I never want to fly a plane again. That, oh, what else? Die Hard 1 was an awesome movie, but it was like, it strained credulity. I probably didn't say that right. But it was like, so unlikely that you have like this cop against terrorists in a building and then I feel like Die Hard 2 just ratcheted up the nonsense, right? <laughs> it did. It's like just make it even more crazy. Yeah, watching it I was like this this probably wouldn't happen today. Yeah. Um so me, let's have some me time. Yeah. What about Finifrock? you? Yes, what about you? Um I did this long seminar in, you know, I flew into Austin, Texas to do uh two days of really intense like in two days we literally do 24 26 hours wow. of stuff and there's not a lunch break and there's not a dinner break do you like, get a free iv with caffeine no in, in your they, they did have yeah so two things one is they bring in food and oh, the food at the hotel was horrible like everybody thinks texas mm, steaks Mm. Yeah, that's what I think. I think ribs, mm, barbecue. Yeah, mm. like meat. Yeah. Caveman, Fred Flintstone. They don't even give you plates. They're just like, here you go. Yeah, it was weird because they were like taking our dinner order. Like lunch was like sandwiches. And then the dinner order was like, oh, do you want the ribeye or do you want the chicken? I don't know what. (laughs) Or do you want like the vegetable or the uh, vegetarian option? Which sounded good because it was pasta. Sure. But I got I, – I'm like, okay, I'm in Texas. They're offering me a ribeye. I'll give it a shot. It was the most Salisbury steak tasting, oh. horrible – anyway, That's I digress. Rough. But yeah, so I was out like most of the week. But when I got back, I got 
I've got like a million phone calls on fall down cases. So I figured it would be good to talk about fall down cases. Right. Yeah. Well, having some Salisbury steak, right? No, it was real steak, but it was <laughs> terrible quality. And it had like the Salisbury steak fake chemical yeah. gravy on top of it, which right. ne- fa- never – fake chem- chemical gravy is never the move ever, oh, right? Yeah, never. Just it, oh. f- if food is bad, you do not improve it by putting fake chemical gravy on top of it. Or just putting gravy on it, period. Good gravy is awesome, though. I don't like know. Like on mashed potatoes. Did you ever like look at gravy and you're like, you're like the cousin that no one talks about because it it's- is. I mean, unless you make it from scratch, like I, I cooked some, uh, on on Thanksgiving, and I took the cheap way out and I made like gravy from the pouch. Yes. Yes. Not. I mean, you Poor look at the ingredients. Gravy. Bad yeah. news. Bad yeah. news. Right. It's after I ate it, though. And even then, after I ate it, I still ate all the leftovers. Oh, it's so Thanksgiving. It's okay. You yeah. just have to do it. But right. fake gravy, bad move all the way around. Which leads us to our next topic. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no. So here, here's the deal. Like, what I want to talk about today is I just want to give people an idea about, you know, I get a lot of people who call and they're like, I fell, so ergo, I should be able to sue somebody, right? Right. If only it were true. It would make my life so much easier. Your Honor, my client fell. Now give us the money. I mean, that would be awesome if we could do that, right? (laughs) Want to sue the goddamn grass. Yeah. Slipped and fell. (laughs) (laughs) It would be awesome, but you can't do it, right? So in every kind of injury case, um, we have to prove that somebody did something wrong, Mm -hmm. right? Now, like there's a million things you have to prove in a fall down case, but the basics are that the other side did something wrong. And so think about, think about the shoes on the other foot for a minute. Let's say you own property and somebody falls and hurts themselves. Mm-hmm. The f- one of the first things you're probably going to ask is, well, wait a minute, how did they fall? Like, did they just slip and fall right. or trip and fall over nothing? Or was there a problem? Right. Sure. Like if it was my sidewalk, that right. was, right. you know, if your sidewalk was perfectly fine and somebody fell, is it really fair to sue you for that? Probably not really, not. right? No. But if let's say you've got like a big height difference between slabs on the sidewalk or let's say there's a hole in your sidewalk where you know every time it rains and freezes, That's that little area becomes an icy patch. Right. And you know That's it's been there. You never do anything about it, right? Yeah. It's a problem. Mm -hmm. So Sue me. Sue me. Sue me. (laughs) Yeah, no. So honestly, like that's the move. That's that's the main thing that I want to tell people about fall down cases is, is there like a clear thing that is wrong, right? So I'll give you some four examples. I, I represented a guy very successfully. He had a fractured arm and shoulder. Yikes. And he had to have surgery oh. a number of years ago, and he was. That makes me never want to go outside. He was, a, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> he was a cab driver, and he picked his daughter up from the airport, and drove her to her house. And she lived in one of these 
developments out in the burbs where okay. they've got like the parking all around the different buildings. Okay. And like a college campus, it's just all almost there. right. So it's like a dozen buildings that have like 30 units each in them. Yeah. But it's like parking lots all between the buildings, it's if like that Disney, makes sense. It's like Park A1. Yeah, that sort of deal, right? Yeah. So he parks, he helps her with her bags. When he's coming back to the car, he slips and falls on the, you know, asphalt blacktop, sure. right? And so at first I'm like, was there a hole? Was there a problem? Was that? And he's like, no, it was like just really icy. And so there's something when you fall outside called the natural accumulation rule. And the natural accumulation rule says if water or ice or snow falls from the heavens down onto the ground and you slip and fall on it, you can't sue anybody. Like an act of God. Like you can't. It kind of is like an act of God. Um, but I like to call it the natural accumulation for two rules. I paid a lot for my legal education. <laughs> <laughs> and also, there might be some atheists listening, right? <laughs> so we have to no, true. no, no. But Very that's true. you're hundred percent right about that. It's so uh, the idea is you can't uh, you can't sue somebody for not shoveling or for not putting down salt well, or anything like that. You can't do it. But but if you're a business, okay. Mm -hmm. So this is a development. She lives in the daughter, right? Right. I mean, isn't it the same deal like that land that landlords have to deal with it? They have to make sure the sidewalks are clear and they have to have salt because they don't want people slipping. So why does that not apply to to this development? Like Damn it, Emilio, you should go to law school. <laughs> You've already beaten me in this argument. You. I'm afraid we're going to have to end the podcast. I'm terribly embarrassed. No, no, it, you're right. You're a logical thinker, which is good, right? Generally, Landlords have to be aware of what's going on on their property, right. and if there's an issue, they address it. The courts and the legislature have made a policy decision saying we don't want landlords to be responsible for ice and snow that just falls out of the sky because right. then everyone's going to be suing everybody time. every time it rains. That's, that is true. If right? I was a landlord, I would want to be responsible. Yeah, so that. that's just the way it is. It's like one of those things in the law that that makes some sense, but but it's not consistent, right? Right. I mean, if there's a hole on somebody's sidewalk and somebody trips in the hole and falls, the landlord is liable if the landlord knew about it. But if they know that snow fell, why aren't they shoveling? Well, one allows you to sue and the other one just doesn't allow you, allow you to sue, wow. right? So – just because you're suing because of ice or snow doesn't or, – or that you got hurt because of ice or snow doesn't mean that you automatically can't sue ever because there's an exception to the natural accumulation rule, right? The exception is, is it really natural accumulation? So ah, in it, so, so – Right. So I recovered on a case for a woman who fell because there was an awning outside a store – that redirected where the rain was falling right between where people would park their cars. Oh, yeah, that's not good. So it's not rain falling out of the sky, mm -hmm. and you could see around the parking lot. The rest of the parking lot was a little bit wet from the rain. But not. But the area where this awning was dripping, it was like a thick sheet of ice, and it's right where people get in and out of their cars. Uh -oh. So that would be – so, you know, an insurance company would argue that's a natural accumulation. I would go out and take photos and investigate it and say, wait a minute, that's maybe not, not a natural, natural. accumulation, no. right? 
it's the rain is being artificially redirected to a particular area. Wow. So that's like ice and snowfalls, but you know, in in that case with the guy with the fractured shoulder, we ended up getting him a great recovery. And initially when he called, I'm like, well, wait, you just fell on wet blacktop. There was no hole. There was no awning dripping. Right. My first instinct was to be like, "Sorry, dude. yeah, can't help you. Right. But this is why this leads to my second point. My second point is fall down cases are, uh, are complicated legally, legally complicated and factually complicated enough mm-hmm. that it makes sense to talk to a lawyer before you – Decide on your own that you shouldn't proceed. Right. So, and and this case, this guy's case is, for example, we started researching what was going on. And you know how there's like ponds and stuff, little retention ponds yeah. in subdivisions? Sure. Well, it turns out that the maintenance company for this con- this uh, condo building yeah. place, um, the, their pond, because of snow and rain, their pond was too high. <gasps> So they were draining the pond, and here's how they did it. They went and got, like, a water pump and ran a hose from the pond and then ran a a black hose through the grass and just let the water run on the blacktop right in the area where people walk to their cars. I feel like this is an episode of – this is a – this is from Home Alone. Like, this is a prank from Home Alone. Yeah, it's legendarily <laughs> stupid, bro. Like, everyone knows if your surface is black and uh, you throw ice on it, you can't see the ice. No. It's called black ice for a reason, yes. right? And they had the hose pointed right in the direction of, like, the crosswalk That's where dumb. people walk to their cars. Yeah. So, we were in, you know, we were able to get out there right away and get good photos and – we didn't even have to take that one to trial. It was set for trial, and then we did like a mediation settlement conference. So that, that's that's what happens before you go. You're like, listen. Not always. Okay. They begged us to go because they knew they were in trouble. <laughs> oh. And then, of course, when we got there, the defense attorney was like, well, we think this case is really defensible. And I'm like, I'd like to see you try. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Let's let's do it, dude. Like I, I want – just tell me who it was who was responsible for the idea of the – Water pump in the pond and pumping water from the pond onto the fired. into the crosswalk. Like whose idea was that? Because we could use him to help us cure cancer, <laughs> solve Middle East peace, right? Modern day Marv. Oh my gosh! I mean, bad yeah. idea all the way around. Bad. So my my point is like, property owners definitely owe you a duty. But it's not it's not as simple as I was on your property and I slipped and fell. And it's also not as simple as if it's a natural accumulation of snow or ice, I can't sue. Definitely it's not that simple, right? right. Last thing I want to talk to about talk to you guys about on these fall down cases is usually and not always. So there's an exception. It but I'll talk about that in a minute. Usually in fall-down cases, we have to prove, and it goes back to what we were saying a little bit, Mm -hmm. we have to prove that the landlord knew or should have known about the problem. Why is that important? The law doesn't let you sue a landlord usually for a problem they didn't know about, right? right? So if you're walking down the street and like out of the blue, a sinkhole opens up under the sidewalk. Right. And right. and the sidewalk gets a huge hole in it. 
and then you step in that hole immediately and break your ankle. Yeah. Horrible injury. Totally. But unless we can prove that the landlord knew about the sinkhole in enough time to fix it or address it, it kind of wouldn't be fair to no. sue the landlord, right? That's like that's an act of God or that's a natural accumulation of sinkholeness. Yes. <laughs> of the ground. I, I wouldn't use that terminology. Here's what I would <laughs> Listen, say. I didn't go to law school, all right? Help me out here, Scott. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I think I think logically you're thinking about it completely correctly. Um what I would say is that when a landlord has no ability to know about a problem or address a problem because it's it happens right away. Right. That's not You kind of can't sue them, right? right? Now, again, I've had cases where it initially appeared that there was that it was a new problem and the landlord didn't know about it. Mm. And then I investigated and found a different angle on the case and we were able to proceed, right? So my point is like on the one hand, don't be Pollyanna about fall down cases, right? Like just cuz you fell, you don't get money. On the yeah. other hand, don't be the op- – what's the opposite of Pollyanna? Uh, uh, Lord Voldemort? Yes. Friggin' yeah. grumpy uh, – I was thinking of just like a, like a, a wet Debbie towel. Downer? Yeah. A wet towel, Debbie yeah. Downer? Don't, also – okay. So don't be super <laughs> negative about these things either, right? The Honestly, like almost every injury attorney gives a free consultation – Here's what I'm going to warn you about, though. Okay. okay. Obviously, I want everybody who needs an injury attorney to call me. But, you know. I'll call you, Scott. God bless you, girl. God bless you. <laughs> anyway. Um, but other people are going to talk to other attorneys, and I'm going to tell you something. And maybe I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Say it. Say it, Scott. I'm risky. I'm dangerous. I'm going to say it. Anyway. The point is a lot of lawyers don't like fall-down cases, right? Because they look at – how many of them are losers at trial mm. or they don't know all the little tweaks and ins and outs, right? I'll freely admit when I was a very young attorney and somebody else's associate, the guys I worked for did not analyze fall down cases the right way. Oh. And and nice. we turned down cases that were probably compensable and we took cases that were probably not compensable. Mm. And so that's the difference between – an attorney with experience and an attorney without experience. And that that actually is like an overarching point. Like if you're going to bring a medical malpractice case or a fall down case or a car crash case, you're going to want an attorney who – Who's been there, done that. Right. They kind of know the story, what right. to look for. Like a lot of times a young attorney or like a not a very good attorney will just be like, oh, you were injured? Yes. Here, sign up. And and we'll make it work somehow. Sure. And and e- that's true. Even if they know they don't know what they're doing, right? They're just excited. That right. They're they're hoping them. exactly. Right. They're they're hoping somebody can help them prove the case, right? Right. Uh, because they only get paid when they win, so they're skewed to want to sign as many cases as possible. Sure. The problem with fall down cases is if you talk to an attorney who doesn't, you know, who isn't really a hundred percent on these cases, is they might tell you, yeah, no, you don't have a case, and then you might give up. So I would say of any cases, I would say the two that are big ones where I give this advice, fall-down cases and like um, medical malpractice and nursing home cases oh, are, yeah. are the kinds of cases where 
the first attorney you call, no matter how intelligent and competent they sound, may not really be completely analyzing your case. Or they may not, based on experience, be that good at analyzing the kinds of cases, right? So my point is don't be afraid to get a second opinion or even a third opinion. And sometimes uh, sometimes you want to talk, to have an attorney who you don't give just like a three-minute summary on the phone and they mm-hmm. say yay or nay. Like sometimes you want an attorney who will actually talk to you for 10 or 20 or 30 minutes right. and ask you pointed questions. And maybe you even want to meet with them face-to-face. So if I need a lawyer, right, an injury lawyer, and for some reason you're just so booked and I can't get a hold of you and, you know, because everyone's lining up for you, what would I look for? Obviously, experience we talked about is one of them. What else are some really important things that people may overlook when they're trying when they're shopping around trying to find someone to argue their case if there is a case? Yeah, um, it the the short answer here. I think is everybody has the right to hire an attorney that they like based on personality, right? Mm-hmm. I've met a lot of people who are like, well, I want the meanest lawyer. I want the bulldog. Right. Or, you know, I want the lawyer who knows everybody and has all the connections and maybe he's a little seedy because he can get me a special side deal. Mm-hmm. My response to that is you're hiring somebody you have to trust, right? Right. So – Obviously, competence is good, but do you want the lawyer who has to beat everyone into submission as your guy? Maybe not, mm-hmm. because at some yeah. point, that may be you. You may be dealing with a person who's an a-hole, and you like them being an a-hole to their opponent and the insurance company, right. but that tends to be like a character trait that people carry around with them, right? Mm-hmm. And so who they're going to turn on when it, when it, right. When it turns into, here's the lump of money. What do you get? What do I get? Do you want to be dealing with the a-hole? I'm not Mm, sure. No. And then the other thing is like, if you got a seedy guy who pays people for cases, which is unethical by the way, um, or who indicates to you that he's, he's friends with the judge or he, you know what I mean? Things like that. Do you want a guy? Who doesn't follow the law being your advocate? Have you ever had that happen to you? Um, or I, no, known of someone being yeah. like, I'm friends with the judge? No, dude, 100%. Really? 100%. I feel like that might and I've had, in TV shows. I've had, I've had people call me and say, I want to talk to some other lawyers. And then they talk to some other lawyers. And then they call me back and they say, well, I talked to so-and-so and he said he's the best and he's going to get me a million dollars. And he <laughs> said he knows you and you don't know what you're doing. Like literally there are oh. lawyers out there who will, say, will say or do anything to get people to sign up. Wow. And then it turns out that those guys are actually the worst ones. So they actually have Sad. to do crap like that yeah. in order to get cases. So it's ridiculous. I, I would say, you know, end of the day – How a fall down is different from a car crash injury case is this. In a car crash, you don't need to call a lawyer to know whether running a red light is a bad thing. Right. You don't need to call a lawyer to know that if you're crossing in a crosswalk on a green with a little white walking man, you have the right of way and the car doesn't, right? Right. Certain things are pretty straightforward in car crash cases. 
but almost nothing is straightforward in um, in premises liability cases. In fact, a lot of the ones, the fall down cases I take, they've spoken with another lawyer, and the lawyer like spent three minutes on the phone with them and said, "Yeah, I don't, I don't think we can win this one." I'm like, "Fine, dummy. <laughs> all right, turn them down. I'll, I'll do take it. them." Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's pretty much all I have to say on falling down on icy cases. Well, now we know what to look for, and I feel I feel better equipped. Like if I ever knock on wood, fell. Yeah, don't fall. Yeah, bad. It's a bad move. Oh, the main thing I would say, thoughts, so. the, the I, I would just say like talk to a lawyer, even if it's not me. Talk to a lawyer. Talk to somebody who will spend a few minutes with you. Right. Right. So what are, what do you have coming up? Do you need to promote anything, or you got like events coming up, or can people find you yes, on the internet absolutely. or what? I'm. All over the internet. Um, I am currently working on a music video, which I'm super excited about. Um, I'm doing a bunch of Justin Bieber covers unintentionally. It just kind of happened. So now we're doing uh, – I'm doing an EP of them. Like a, Is that the right word? Yes, EP. Uh, I know what I'm doing. I swear. EP stands for what? <laughs> extended play? Yes. <laughs> That's back when things were on albums. Although I understand – People are buying albums Isn't again. Isn't that kind of funny? That it like, is we weird, still right? use that terminology, but Yeah. I had a oh my goodness. The, the girl I um I was babysitting the other day, she I said C D and she's like, What's a CD? I'm like, oh this is one of the first times I feel Now old. you know how I feel when people laugh at me for calling things records. <laughs> <laughs> but now records are cool. I know records People are back. I'm unintentionally cool table. again. You're unintentionally yeah. doing Bieber covers. I'm unintentionally relevant again. Re- <laughs> so, um, what is with what is that song? Um, oh, what's his name? The weird dude from Scandinavia. Oh, oh. Um, Where the song is like about him. A girl breaking up with him. Oh, somebody I used to know. Somebody I used to know. Yeah, somebody. and like one of the lines is like how she's dogging him because she had her friends pick up her records from his place or something. Yeah. When I heard that line, I'm like, okay, no matter what else I think about this guy or his music or anything, I love that he just said oh, she yeah. can't. Because that's like 1980s breakup. Yes. I want my cassette tapes back. Totally. <laughs> Super hipster. They're like, I want the records back. Yeah. No. So you're either – yeah. I mean if you listen to music on albums, vinyl, yes. you're either really poor or really rich. <laughs> or maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe you just are willing to spend a lot of money. Or you inherited that because that's the case Dang. at um, – at our house, someone's someone's dad was like, "I need to get rid of this." Well, speaking of which, we're actually we're using that for the music video, which I'm really excited about. And currently, we're shopping for an '80s style VCR for the music video. So, if anyone if anyone has any VCRs, dude, from I the 80s, literally contact me. Oh, you're you're talking about the the they're big ones on eBay with the buttons, mm-hmm. the mechanical buttons, yeah, and the wood grain strip yeah, on it. That's what we want. Yeah, I don't have that. I still have a. Uh, Montgomery Ward's Signature 2000 VCR. I don't know what any of that means, but I assume it's old. Montgomery Ward's is like an old department store. Okay. That has been out of business for 10 years or more. And Signature 2000 was like their store brand. 
That's so funny. of electronics. And so it's not it's not like what you're looking for. Okay. It's not like the thing that. So you can't help me, and you just wasted two minutes of my life, pretty much. Yeah, I but need I, to find I, another lawyer. Look, you never would have known about <laughs> Montgomery Wards unless yes, oldsters you, like me were here to tell you. That's anyway, exactly let's right. uh, cut this mayhem off before. I start telling you about how I used to wear a potato and an onion on my belt because it was the style back then. What? Now I'm intrigued. We're going to have to keep talking That's about That's from this. The Simpsons, actually. It's <laughs> Grandpa Simpson just randomly said, you know, and I used to wear an onion on my belt and that because that was the style back then. Is it like a reference to something? As far as I know, it, not. No. Just, just grand- someone being weird. Yeah. The Simpsons basically makes fun of elderly people with dementia. They do. They in, the, do. in the person of Grandpa Simpsons, I've, although it's funny. It is very funny. I recently started watching The Simpsons, but I thought, wow, this is like – I mean, I'm laughing and I'm probably going to hell for laughing at these things. But old people with dementia, it, it, it is kind of funny. I'm – Let's be honest. If we're, everyone's going to laugh at it. Honestly, I feel like it. funny. I'm there, there's laughing funny. in a mocking, nasty way. Right. And then there's sort of laughing at people with some love in your heart, right? So, well, it's true. That's you why know, it's, it's funny, like you, right? right? It's like when your grandpa does something ridiculous or super old fashioned, like call CDs records. It's cute. It's like, oh, isn't he cute? He's sure. behind the times, yeah. right? But it's not like mocking or making funny fun of somebody no. in a mean way, right? right? So I wish society would go back to the to acknowledgement of and, – and onions on the belt. Onions <laughs> on the belt. Anyway, thanks for tuning in, folks, and we'll be back with another, another podcast soon. Hope we answered your questions. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. I truly hope that the information in the podcast helps you no matter the situation you find yourself in. But you might need more answers or some more direct help. So there are three ways for you easily to find out more and to get help. If you call my toll-free 24-hour helpline, 888-HURT-318, you'll have a couple of options. 888-HURT-318 is my toll-free 24-hour telephone line. You can call that number and speak with my team night or day. First, you can call 888-HURT-318 and you can speak to me for a free consultation about your case or situation. That's always free and no obligation. Second, you can tell the operator that you'd like a free copy of my injury DVD and book. I created the DVD and book and I give it away for free to injured people who need answers but who might not be ready to talk to a lawyer yet. Same deal, 100% free, 100% no obligation. Third and finally, you can check out my YouTube channel for informative videos about the injury case and claims process. Or check out my other podcasts for more information and interesting interviews with people who know different things about various aspects of the law. I've put all of this together to help you and to answer your questions. Now, you can also help me, and I hope that you will. If you enjoyed the podcast and if it helped you at all, please subscribe. And if you can, take a minute and please post a positive review of the show. If you're listening to the podcast on YouTube, like the video and subscribe to my YouTube channel. And if you know anyone who might enjoy the podcast, please spread the word and share it on Facebook. It's my mission to spread good information to as many people as possible. And your liking and reviewing and subscribing to the podcast helps me get the word out. Thanks again. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only. It doesn't substitute for consulting with a lawyer. If you have a case, speak with a lawyer right away.